Welcome to the 15-Minute Chronic Pain Experience Podcast. I am your host, Dina Tropolis, the Chief Curator and Pain Coach at Pain to Possibilities, where we have been transforming pain experiences since 2018. Today, we'll be talking with a good friend I met on Facebook, Mr. Trevor Barker. Trevor writes and talks about his experiences growing up in Australia and his living with persistent pain for over 20 years. Trevor has worked alongside Professor Lorimer Mosley and Associate Professor David Butler with a unique charity called Pain Revolution. Speaking across Australia as he shares his story, what it was like living in pain, how his reliance on medical treatments increased his pain and what he discovered that helped him manage and live well with persisting pain. Four years post undertaking an outstanding pain management program, Trevor now works as a pain coach and educator. Fresh from speaking at the San Diego Pain Summit on his favorite subject, Dim Sim Therapy. Hello, Trevor, and welcome to the 15-Minute Chronic Pain Experience podcast. I am so happy to have you here. We are about to head into a three-part mini-series showcasing your pain journey the changes that occurred along the way, and your key learnings from your process. In this first episode, we will be exploring the early stages of your pain journey. Your story is such an inspiration to so many, and it's my hope that your story will reach someone who is on the cusp of so much more, ready to take a different direction in their pain care beyond what is commonly prescribed. So Trevor, I am curious where your journey begins. Can you give our listeners a little context to your pain story? Where did it all begin for you? Well, good morning, Dana. Look, it is really good to be able to take time just to sit and reflect back on my life. And and you're quite right. Context is really a very important aspect to talking about persisting pain. And so my story starts growing up in a middle-class family in Melbourne, um, and the way that emotions and feelings were modelled to me growing up. And I was in a place in a family that pretended everything was happy all of the time, and there wasn't really space for negative emotions. They were wrong. And my first real memory of Injuring myself was when I was about eight years of age and I dived into the local swimming pool head first in the, into the shallow end and hit my head bang on the um, bottom of the pool. And I felt a shuddering of, of, and tingling right down my spine. And I remember feeling this overwhelming sense of dread. Now, I got to the top somehow. I, I just remember mum asking me if I was okay and, in the context of happy families, of course I was okay. And so I just said, you know, I'm okay and went on. And years later, I discovered I've got a little chip bone in my uh, neck. Um, and I guess that injury could have been quite catastrophic. And right through my childhood, uh, I was exposed to trauma. And my response to that was to be quiet and say nothing and take it on board and just pretend everything was okay. I left school fairly early. I was about 16, just before 16, and 
and started an electrical apprenticeship. And during the apprenticeship, I injured myself a few times. And, and one in particular, I was carrying an extension ladder and it was fully extended and hit a beam. And I had to um, bend it backwards to get past the point of the beam and then stand it up again. And about uh, three days later, I was in a world of pain. I could barely move. I went off to the doctor. He prescribed some anti-inflammatories and some painkillers. Started to see a physio. Didn't say anything to the boss. Mm. I took some time off work and saw a physio a few times and went back to work. And um, I would have been about 19 at that stage. Uh, and I completed my apprenticeship. Did a, did a bit of work, got married, and then in my late 20s, uh, changed career. We had an economic downturn, mm -hmm. and I got into attendant care work, working with people uh, with acquired brain injury and intellectual disabilities, and that was quite physical work. And during that time, I injured my back and had a really quite a, a significant low back injury. Went off to the doctor same routine, physiotherapy, core strength exercises, a bit of ultrasound, uh, hot water bottles, painkillers, anti-inflammatories. But this time, the pain just sort of kept going on. And if we were to cut a, a very long story short and, and flip forward 20 years, I've had 20 years now of seeing Specialist after specialist, therapist after therapist, uh, trying to discover the root cause of my pain. And by now, pain is not just on L3, L4. It's right up my spine, into my neck, my arms and my legs. I was seeing a, a weekly, uh, having a weekly massage therapist session. And my attitude towards uh, my situation was that the doctors didn't understand what was going on because I was still in pain and I hadn't discovered the root cause. And, of course, 20 years of being virtually inactive because what I was doing was protecting myself from further injury mm -hmm. by lying down, by putting hot water bottles on my back, by not bending, by not picking things up and carrying them and moving I went through that 20 years of, of really my children seeing me lying down most of the time and not doing much uh, and my wife uh, being very protective of me and not allowing me to do anything in the home. And as this was happening, I was more seeing myself through the lens of I'm disabled. Something is wrong with me. The doctors don't know what's wrong with me, so and I'm in so much pain, more pain than ever, yeah. that the uh, treatment that they, they're giving me just wasn't being effective. And by now, I was now on opioid medication, so I was wow. taking a reasonable amount of opioids and not sleeping very well at all. Yeah, um, you know, these medicines have an effect and they have an effect on your, your thinking. Uh, you feel cl cloudy, foggy in your thoughts. You're not thinking clearly. And my thought process was I'm stuffed. There's something wrong with me. The doctors can't work it out. I'm going to be in this place forever. Mm. And I was 
really just at a tipping point. And that, that tipping point was about, I've tried everything that the doctors have had offered me. I've had every scan, I've had every, I've had spinal injections, I've had all the medicine, I've maxed up the medicine as far as I can. I'm now having falls, um, I'm now unsafe at, in home. My relationship had broken down in my marriage. And at this point, at the end of 20 years, I was stressed to the max. And the more stressed I was, the more pain I was in. And I wasn't connecting the dots. I wasn't understanding at this point that uh, pain is not only about issues with the tissues. That is, it's not about my biology. And we all have the same biology. We all have you know, the right. same day and I, we're not unique in that sense. And I, I just didn't connect the fact that the more stress I'm in, the more hypersensitive I am and, and pain goes up. Um, I was just thinking that they hadn't diagnosed me properly and hadn't given me the right bill. Right. So I was at this tipping point and it's an important point because I started to realise that for me to continue on the medical road mm -hmm. and do more of what was being dished up to me would mean that I'd be more than a zombie. I'd be almost comatosed in, in the, the inactivity and the fogginess and the falls that I was having as a result and needing hemorrhoid, uh, had hemorrhoids and needed surgery for those. Oh. And... You know, that was a tricky thing. I mean, living alone and trying to recover right. and stay safe, no, it wasn't good. So I started to think, Trevor, you're in pain. You've done everything the doctors have said. You're in more pain. You can't do more medication or you're going to be a complete zombie. Uh, maybe it's worth having a life, even if that means having a life in pain because you're already in pain. That's that's that was a clear thing, uh, and nothing I, I was doing was bringing that pain down. So, at that tipping point, I talked to a friend who told me about the pain management program that I ended up doing, and it, it'd be nice to finish this podcast, this this section, on me going into this program and what my thought processes were. And I went, put the paperwork in. Four months later, they called me up for an assessment. It went on for four hours. And every discipline that was involved in the program sat down and talked to me. And when we got to the physical side, they were testing how far I could bend and move and how far I could walk. And I was just failing, failing, failing. I mean, you know, I couldn't sit down. and I couldn't even touch my knees. I was... You know, couldn't bend over. There was no flexibility in my body. I was tense and right. all of that. I'm too sick for this program. Um, and that, they're probably saying, yes, yes, please come. <laughs> we can yeah, help you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, then in the middle of all this, this assessment, they asked me to take my arms out at right angles and hold them up at shoulder height mm -hmm. for as long as I possibly could. And I winked at the assessor and I said, here we go. <laughs> so I'm holding my arms up. He's looking at his stopwatch. And after 10 minutes, he says, Trevor, you've broken every 
land speed record possible for this program. And you're meant to hold them to your drop, but you're not even breaking out of sweat. Yes. So let's put your arms down and we'll go on to the next thing. And at this point, people might be thinking, that's interesting. How in the world can he hold his arms up for forever? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where we come back to the start of the podcast where we talked about context. Mm-hmm. So what was my context? How could I hold my arms up for this long? And so I've, I've been playing the flute for 45 years. Right. And, oh. and that, that little snippet of an activity just cracked open the door to the possibility and the thinking that maybe if I move and use my muscles yes. that I can be stronger and more capable. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something in this. And I went into the uh, the short story is I got into the program uh, two days later. They rang up and said, we've had a cancellation. Can you come? <laughs> so yeah. I dropped everything and got into the program. And I had a very sceptical outlook I said to myself, this stuff is nonsense. It's rubbish. Right. I also said, I'm going to give this the best crack possible. Mm. I'm going to give this the best go because I've already given everything the doctors have told me to do a real red-hot go and look where it's left me. So it left me in more pain, out of work, having falls, out of a marriage um, and depressed, really, uh, and not doing any activity whatsoever and not having any enjoyment or joy or fun. Those those words were foreign. They weren't even in my dictionary. So uh, that's the point that that I went into the program. Perfect. You said the turning point because I think that was what I really wanted to capture was how was it you knew that it was time to explore, to get beyond something. And, and oftentimes it is just that. You've come to a certain point where you're just at a level of stress. And, you know, to be kind to yourself that you wouldn't have known that the stress elevated pain because it's not often talked about. It is now, and especially you know that because you've lived it and you are also working closely with those who research this, which is, that's part of the reason I love having you on here is you are on, <laughs> you guys are on it. But, you know, when we're younger, and I just love how you brought back, you know, your childhood experience as well as how, and I came from the same household, where, you know, I think I had a, an accident where I just about lost my vocal cords, I fell off my bike. And believe it or not, the handlebars went down my throat. <laughs> Only I could do that. And uh, I almost lost my voice forever. And I didn't tell anybody, because I was so worried about either a being a burden or b you know, someone saying, hey, you know, you're fine, suck it up. (laughs) But it is that approach where we're not allowed to talk about pain. I think what I was really impressed about that you also brought up just to sort of reiterate was that I think in our society, in our medical society, we're very, science is very reductionist. We try to sort of bring it down to one cause, one root cause that might be causing your pain. And so you find yourself in this chronic wheel of seeking care, right? And you, you phrase that eloquently and you did it for 20 years. And which finally brought you to, and this is exactly where I was hoping we'd go, what that point was that you decided, all right, it's time for me to take it into my own hands. And so, and I think also that it's quite normal to sort of go into it with this approach of, 
you know, being skeptical or questioning something that might be new and different. So thank you so much for summarizing that beautifully. We will be uh, expanding upon this just a little bit differently in episode two, where we get to talk more about the, the changes that you experience. So if you are listening to part one, stay tuned for part two. Thank you so much, Trevor, for this first episode. And I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. Thank you.